Well, hello again, my friends. What a joy and blessing it is to be back with you. And Happy New Year. It is 2021. Woohoo! I think I said that a couple of times in my sermon on Sunday, actually, as we talked about looking back on 2020 and the blessing of saying we're looking back on 2020. Um, what a challenging year it was, but also a year where God taught us a lot of great, great lessons. I think the most important one being uh, our reliance and our trust and our faith are completely upon him and in him. And that is exactly the desire that we have and that we want to be the truth. And so now uh, in January, uh, January 5th of 2021, uh, we get to begin a new year. It's a great thing about our God is that no matter what the situation, no matter what has happened, um, he always has another path in front of us, another opportunity to make things right, to do things well, and to give him the glory and honor and praise, uh, and to share that word and that love of Christ with others. And so welcome, welcome back to Bill's Facebook Live Studies. As we did over the past several months, uh, we will be studying a book out of the Bible. To, today begins a new study in the book of Colossians that I am especially excited about and think that it is especially timely. Uh, as you uh, remember, perhaps uh, earlier this year in the spring, or, the, or about almost a year ago now, in the spring of 2020, about the time when everything was locking down, uh, we began these Facebook Live studies with the book of Matthew. And then during the summer, we looked at the book of Acts. That was a great study. And in the fall, we looked through the book of Psalms. And what a wonderful time of worship and devotion and prayer and praise uh, that was. And so we are excited about, um, about what's going on. And I'm showing a message on my computer right now that says, sorry, we're having trouble uh, playing this video. And so I'm going to click try again. There we go. Hopefully you didn't have any troubles. I will say that if you're out there in internet world and internet land and uh, are able to see this and watch this, I hope that you'll send me a little shout out and say, um, and say hello. If not, you can send me a text message and let me know that it's just not coming through. Hopefully it is. Uh, I'm not seeing a lot of comments just yet. And that's, um, that is an indication to me that maybe it's working, maybe it's not working. But if it is working and you can see this, then I would love for you to just send a little comment that says, hi, Bill, you're okay. Don't panic. Um, and so I'm just going to keep going on like uh, as, as if it is working well, and hopefully uh, that is the case. Um, again, we're going to be doing these on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Uh, I'll record them on, on my Facebook Live page in a, in a live format. And then right after that, they'll be posted on our uh, on our uh, on my Facebook page, as well as on our West Irwin Church of Christ Facebook page, and then later on our WestIrwin.com uh, live stream page. We have a live stream page at our website, and it has an archive section under social media and resources. And so we're able to do uh, we're able to show that, and you can uh, see these there after uh, after they've been posted. And you can also go back and you can see lots of other things, including previous sermons and worship series. Also, uh, these Facebook live studies 
over the past year as well. It looks like my friends Myron and Elizabeth Granberry are here. What a wonderful blessing that you are. Uh, we appreciate so much the card and the little gift uh, that uh, we receive from you all, and y'all are such a great blessing uh, to us, and we miss you. We look forward to seeing you and so many others that we haven't been able to see uh, in quite some time. Um, but I do want us to uh, remember these studies at 3 p.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. This coming Sunday, I'll start up again our Sunday afternoon studies on my Facebook Live page at 4 p.m. on Sundays. And we're going to be looking at the book of Mark, the Action Gospel. Uh, Mark starts out uh, on a dead run. Uh, and as you know, the shortest of the four Gospels. But he has, uh, is filled with exciting things about uh, the life and ministry of Jesus. And so I'm looking forward to that starting this Sunday uh, at four o'clock. And then that too goes uh, to uh, our West Irwin Church of Christ page, uh, following that on our Facebook. And then it also posts on our website on a live broadcast, a seemingly live broadcast uh, in our westerwin.com live stream page. It's broadcast at 6 p.m. on Sunday night central time. So that same blue box that you watch our morning worship service at 10 a.m., uh, you can be tuned in there at 6 p.m and you'll be able to see the study on Mark. Uh, but as other studies are there as well, as I said, and this study, uh, the study of Colossians, uh, the supremacy of Christ and the gospel uh, will be on there as well after we are finished. I anticipate that these lessons will be approximately 30 minutes in length. As you know, Bill sometimes gets a little wordy, but hopefully we'll be able to keep to that. And I hope that you're able to, to watch these. I hope that you're able to talk to some others during this very difficult time where we're still uh, in uh, to a degree, um, uh, not really locked down, but we are uh, see some things shut down. And so this is an opportunity for further Bible study and fellowship and interaction uh, as well. As always, if you have a question or a comment, you can feel free to leave that on my Facebook page. You can also email me, uh, Bill Allen, A-L-L-E-N, at West Irwin, W-E-S-T-E-R-W-I-N, Bill Allen at WestIrwin.org, O-R-G, uh, is my email address. And, of course, our website on, for our church is WestIrwin.com. Uh, Irwin with an E, E-R-W-I-N, because it's the street we're on. Uh, we've been in the downtown area of Tyler, Texas since 1885. And as I like to say, I haven't been the preacher that whole time. <laughs> but I have been here for almost six years now and very blessed to do that and to be there. Joyce and I uh, love our West Irwin family deeply and appreciate the Lord's blessing and the way the church here has been a blessing and continues to be for us and for our family. And so I'm thankful that you're a part of that. Even if it's through the wonders of online technology, I'm glad that you're a part of that. Um, and so enough, Bill, enough introduction. Let's uh, let's get to the Bible, shall we? Um, we understand that we live in a, in, a, in a different world today. For most of us uh, that have a few years, uh, like I do, we remember a different time. We remember a different situation, and and what a what a change it has been, as we um, as we have faced so many different things uh, in the last uh, 50 years, certainly, uh, but also in the last just uh, five or 10 years, we've seen a lot of of uh, important, wonderful blessings brought out through technology and through uh, medicine and so many other things, but we've also seen some challenges. And some things that have caused this world to be a, a more of a concern for us that is 
that it is it is a, 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 in a difficult place. And um, and so it is a it is a different world. And I want us to speak about that a little bit as we begin this study, because I believe the book of Colossians has something to say about that. Um, it's different than the world we grew up in. It's different than the world that we saw uh, in the last 20 or even 10 or five years. And um, and it's an important week. I mean, today is a big day as uh uh, the state of Georgia has U.S. Senate runoff uh, elections for both Senate seats. Uh, and uh, you've heard a lot on through media, I know, about how important that is. We are prayerful for our country. During this time, we pray for God's will to be done. Uh, we realize that tomorrow is a very important session of Congress uh, related to the uh, presidential election uh, of this past fall. And we again pray for our nation and for our, our uh, creator and a God to uh, see his will accomplished uh, through all of these things and that he would bless us, not just this week, but in the weeks and months and years to come. And we know that whoever is in the White House, the Lord is on the throne and we will continue to worship the one who is on the throne in heaven and the one who died for us and the one who was raised and lives forever and will one day call us home as well. Um, nothing that happens in America or anywhere else changes that fact. And so we're blessed to be able to do that. But in the midst of all of that, the world we live in is the world we live in. And it affects uh, that life and it affects how we live and it affects uh, the opportunities uh, that we have to share the gospel. In many ways, um, the more difficult uh, world that we live in uh, the darker the world in the dead of night, um, the brighter the message of hope that is found in the gospel. And so we see 2020 and now 2021 and all the years to come as opportunities to share the love and word of Christ with people who need to hear that. Uh, people who have trusted in other things that just don't quite measure up can learn to trust in the Lord and in his gospel and in his word and be able to hear that message of love and faith and hope and joy that comes only through Jesus Christ. Um, so I want us to look at the book of Colossians. We start in Colossians 1 verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to talk about a few things related to the theme of the book, um, and then we'll end up with looking at some key passages, and then we'll be done for today, and we'll get back into chapter 1 to, uh, on Thursday. Uh, and so it begins this way, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people or saints in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God, our father. Uh, so begins this great letter uh, that is uh, that I want us to speak about a little bit as we kind of get ready to start this study. Uh, Colossae is the name of the town. It's in modern day Turkey. Uh, the the uh, western part of that uh, nation. Uh, it was near the uh, the city of Laodicea. Laodicea, one of the seven churches of Asia, as you know, also near Ephesus. Uh, and um, Ephesus and Laodicea receiving letters from uh, messages from Jesus in Revelation two and three. Uh, Colossae is near there, and I think that these um, these cities and the residents there, and especially the Christians there, had had some interaction with each other. 
Uh, Colossians, the book, is similar to the book of Ephesians. And along with Philippians and Philemon, these four letters were written by the Apostle Paul while he, as best we can tell, was under house arrest in Rome uh, sometime around A.D. 60. Uh, Paul, as you know, uh, had three mission journeys. And at the end of that third mission journey, getting towards the end of the book of Acts, uh, he was arrested. He was arrested in Jerusalem by his Jewish brothers and sisters. Uh, the Roman uh, guards came and saved his life, basically, because they were ready to kill him. And because of all of that, he appealed to the Roman emperor Caesar, knowing that if, if he was released to his Jewish brethren, he would be killed. And so Paul, being a Roman citizen, played that card uh, as he met with the governor, first, um, first Felix and then Festus and King Agrippa. And he talked to them and he said, look, I, I have done nothing worthy of incarceration or death, but I will not get a fair shake from my own people, so I appeal to Caesar. And the governor says, well, you've appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you shall go. And we read about that incredible um, voyage in Acts chapter 27 as Paul was making his way uh, to Rome, to the city of Rome, and um, uh, a horrible shipwreck, uh, a horrible storm, uh, just a great adventure in Acts 27. It's such an exciting chapter, I believe, to read and to think about and to chart on those uh, handy-dandy Bible maps that say something like Paul's third mission journey and his journey to Rome. Um, ultimately shipwrecked on an island uh, off uh, the coast of Italy uh, and then finally making it across to the, the uh, uh, mainland and then traveling uh, up the boot of Italy until finally arriving in Rome. And while there, as best we could tell, he was there uh, for a couple of years and waiting for his appeal to be heard. We think he was released. As you read Philippians, one of those prison epistles, as we call them, that Paul wrote while he was there under house arrest, um, he, uh, he says in chapter one of Philippians, I may not get, get, I may not get off. I may be put to death. But that's that great passage where he says, for me, though, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If Jesus has more work for me to do here and I'm released, then so be it. And he thinks that that's what will happen. And as best we can tell, that is what happens. Um, but Acts 28 doesn't tell us that. And there's no Acts 29. And so in, um, uh, for, for Paul, he says, but if I am put to death and to die is gain. Uh, as best we can tell, he was released after this period of uh, incarceration there in Rome. He had that appeal under Caesar, uh, apparently was released, continued to preach and to travel, um, traveled all the way to Spain, uh, one of his dreams, and ultimately was arrested, brought back to Rome, and roughly uh, close to the time that Peter was crucified upside down uh, because of his faith in Christ by the Roman Emperor Nero in Rome, uh, Paul was beheaded uh, by the emperor uh, that second time, not this time, but the next time because of his faith. Being a Roman citizen, he was uh, it was against the law to crucify him, but they could put him to death. And that's what they did. But for now, Paul is in, in jail, basically under house arrest. He was able to live on his own, but was uh, watched and was under guard uh, there in Rome. People could come and go. And while he was there, he wrote these epistles, um, uh, Philippians, Ephesians. He wrote the letter to the Colossians and to one member in particular there at Colossae, um, the book of Philemon. And that's a great and interesting study. We may look at that book after we finish uh, these studies over the next several weeks. 
so a little bit of background there as we continue on. Uh, Timothy is with Paul. He identifies him as one of the uh, ones who is addressing uh, the people there, the, the Paul and Timothy and Silas, uh, Luke at times, others, um, Aristarchus and some others that he mentions that accompanied him at times um, that are also there. Uh, Paul addresses them as holy and faithful brothers and sisters. They are the holy ones. They are the saints. That term saint is really not a noun. It's an adjective that's used as a noun. It's the word holy that's just used as a noun. So holy ones, holy, holy ones, these brothers and sisters in Christ that have been set apart for the cause and work of and salvation through Jesus Christ. Uh, before ending his letter at the end in chapter four, uh, Paul sends his greetings. Uh, and as I said, we'll write to Philemon uh, because of the unique situation that he had with Onesimus. Um, and that's a very interesting study. We may say more about that as we go along. In Colossians, Paul addresses the battle against different philosophies and false assurances and pride, in addition to the call to live faithfully. In that sense, it's a little bit different from Ephesians. Paul's focus is more on uh, some of the philosophies of the day in Colossae that people uh, were hearing about and that were challenges uh, to their faith. And so Paul addresses that in a very real way. And I, I think that that's one of the things that we can especially identify with here in 21st century America. Um, and so this is very much a study that will be appropriate for us and relevant for us. As we begin, I wanna remind ourselves uh, of the great passage in Matthew 5 where Jesus says, beginning in verse 13, that his followers are to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And, and I think as Paul writes Colossians, there is very much that sense that in the midst of a world uh, that needs uh, that uh, flavoring and preserving uh, of salt and in a world that needs the light of the gospel and of the love of Jesus Christ, Christians were to be that light. Uh, Jesus left and ascended to the to the to heaven to be in the presence of the Father again. He left us with His presence, His Holy Spirit, and He has left the world with His presence through the church. and And so we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. But that that's hard. That's hard. Lots of people have written some things about that, um, including uh, a a a great uh, theologian, H. Richard Niebuhr, years and years ago as he wrote uh, about uh, Christ and culture and, and brought that in some very memorable um, uh, ways to be able to help us see the difficulty there and the conflict there. Others have written about that as well. Mike Cope and Rubel Shelley in their book, outstanding book from years ago, What Would Jesus Do Today? Obviously in the WWJD craze, but their question was, what would Jesus do today as he lived in, in a world like ours. And I think those those thoughts that they had there are very relevant and go along uh, with uh, Richard Niebuhr's thoughts as well. And so a few things about that. Number one, we are not to be identical to the world. As we think about our interaction with the world, and I think Colossians is, that's part of the theme. How do you live faithfully in a world that's different? How do you live faithfully in a world that's not really committed to the gospel of Christ, but that's committed to all kinds of different philosophies and theologies and, um, and beliefs and doctrines. 
Um, and how do you how do you do that? Well, first thing is that we're not to be identical to the world. Uh, Jesus said that we're to we're to follow His commands, and that's going to put us at odds at times with the world. First uh, John two tells us that we are not to love anything in the world. Um, because those things, the, the love of the world, the, the pride of life, all of those things that, that 1 John 2 speaks of, they're, um, they're contrary to the gospel. So much so that if we love the world in that sense, then the love of the Father can't be in us. Uh, Jesus says, John would reiterate. And Jesus himself says to his disciples in those final chapters in the book of John before he is betrayed, uh, for example, in John 16, he says, look, people are going to put you to death thinking that they're doing that out of service to God. Uh, that's pretty severe. Uh, the end of that chapter in John 16, verse 32 and verse 33, he also speaks of, of what that's like uh, to uh, be faithful to the Father and faithful to him, even if it means we have to pay a price. Uh, and he says, in the world, you will have trouble. And tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. But he overcame the world by giving his life. And we forget that fact sometimes. And so he has called on us to, again, be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And that means that sometimes it's going to put us at odds with the world. Later on in scripture, in 1 Peter chapter 4, Peter says to people he calls resident immigrants uh, in the world, he, he tells them, look, um, uh, people are going to hate you because of this. They're going to think you're strange because of the way you live. That's so different from the way they live. The values you hold that are so different from the values they hold. Richard Niebuhr talked about the Christ of culture or the Christ the same as culture. And, and we can't be that. We can't be that. Um, um, the church is not to be identical to culture. But secondly, the church is not to be isolated from the world either. And this is the Christ against culture that Niebuhr talked about that is not God's plan either. We're not to isolate ourselves. Jesus sends us into the world in his prayer in John 17. He prays to the Father, Father, I don't, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. In fact, I'm sending them into the world just as you sent me into the world. I'm sending them. And so we can't be isolated. In fact, the most famous scripture of all, John 3:16, says, For God so loved the world that he sent his son into it and gave his life uh, for us so that we could believe in him and, and have everlasting life. Um, throughout scripture, God affirms that. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, we are ambassadors of Christ sent into the world, uh, ministers of reconciliation, um, pleading and begging and teaching people so that they will be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Um, and of course, the great passage in Philippians 2 that speaks of how uh, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped and to be held on to tightly, but rather emptied himself and took upon human form, the form of a servant and uh, died for the sake of humanity, uh, not just any death, but death on a cross. Uh, and, and in the same sense, we are called to be witnesses, Acts 1 verse 8 in the world. We're called to make disciples of all people of all nations in Matthew 28 and to preach the gospel in all the world, Mark 16, and to be there, be that presence, to be that salt of the earth, that light of the world. 
Christians and the church, uh, we're not to be identical to the world. Uh, we can't be. But neither are we to be isolated from the world uh, as if we are against the world. That's not true. Um, but we are third to influence the world. We're to transform Christ transforming culture, as Niebuhr would say. We're again called to be salt and light. Uh, we're called to be God's presence in the world. Some have said the second incarnation, uh, Jesus' presence in the first incarnation, that second incarnation, uh, God becoming flesh, not in a sense where we're worthy of worship the way Jesus was, where it is Emmanuel, God with us in that sense, but in the sense that we are God's presence. We are the light of the world. We carry messengers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so with that, we are called to um, influence the world, to transform the culture. And we don't do that through violent means, but rather we do that through witness. We do that through lives lived. Jesus in that passage, that light of the world passage in Matthew chapter 5 says, let your light so shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Peter says much the same thing. In 1 Peter 2, verses 9 through 12, Paul says much the same thing throughout those last four or five chapters of the book of Romans. We're not to be identical to the world. We're not to be isolated from the world. And yet we are to be in the world, but not of the world, as the saying goes. We are to be in the world in order to seek to transform it. And so in that sense, the church is not a worldly church at all. That violates scripture. But we are a cultural church because this is our culture. Uh, we're in the world in this time and place, wherever that is for me. It is in Tyler, Texas in uh, 2021. Uh, for you, it may be another town. It may be right here. It may be somewhere around the world uh, as you listen to these thoughts today. But wherever we are, uh, we are to be Christ's representative. We are to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, not isolated from it, not identical to it, but rather seeking to be the salt and light in order to transform that world and influence that world for good. Uh, we are called to live out the truth of the gospel in the midst of the world. And that brings us back to Colossians. That's really the focus of Colossians is telling Christians, here's how you can live in a world that um, doesn't really care about the things you care about at times, in a world that has other philosophies and values than the ones that you hold. And so we are called upon to be that witness in, in that world. Um, here in Smith County, we're mindful of a church up the road from us here in Tyler, um, in uh, a Methodist church, uh, just in, uh, still in Smith County, but a little bit northeast of where we are, uh, that uh, had a terrible tragedy on Sunday where a minister, their minister, their pastor was killed by a man who was trying to elude law enforcement and was hiding. And, uh, and, and because of that, um, the minister ended up shot and killed and another man injured. And we worry and, and are concerned uh, for them and for that church and for that man's family and and for our world today. Uh, and Colossians is a book that reminds us of the supremacy of Christ, the preeminence of Jesus Christ, but also the preeminence of the gospel and how the church is called in the midst of other philosophies that don't seem to acknowledge that, 
um, to to be faithful. I want us to just read a couple of passages, and and um, we'll read in Colossians chapter two, beginning at verse six, um, a very significant passage, uh, and and I hope that as I read these words, you'll understand how similar their situation was to our situation uh, today, even though it's almost 2,000 years later in a world uh, that is on the other side of the planet from where they were uh, still. Uh, it, is, it is so, so much similar and the same. Colossians 2 verse 6, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. That's what we're charged to do. But the next verse tells us what makes that difficult and challenging. Colossians 2 verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Sound like anything you've heard recently? those other philosophies that don't depend on Jesus Christ, the truth of the gospel, but rather are philosophies that depend more on the carnal nature and cravings uh, of this world. Those philosophies are very much present in our lives today, just as much as they were present in the life of the Apostle Paul and the lives of the church, uh, the Christians in the church at Colossae almost 2,000 years ago. And what Paul tells them is what God tells us today as well. You received Christ Jesus as Lord. And later on in chapter 2, he tells us how that happened uh, in our baptism. But he tells us that just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, you need to continue to grow and to live and to, and to live obediently uh, a life, be strengthened by him in the midst of a world that is seeking to turn you away from that faith and to do all that from a perspective of gratitude and thankfulness, of joy and peace, Jesus would say. Um, I'm in a little bit different uh, position today than what my previous studies have been in, uh, in my office still, but facing a different wall. And behind me, you see a few pictures. The one at the top uh, is a, one of the Last Supper and is a, uh, a great passage that quotes a couple of wonderful passages from Jesus, as he met with his disciples uh, in John 13, talking about love and how great it is and how people will know that we're his disciples by, by our love and how there's no greater love for someone than to give your life for them. Um, and that was in my grandma mom's home uh, in Beach Grove, Texas, near Jasper. And then in Jasper, this, was, um, this is a, a treasure of mine uh, that goes back decades and I'm very thankful to have it, a wonderfully wood-carved um, um, uh, framed picture. But right below it in that little blue uh, medallion looking thing is uh, my mission statement from my friend and co-minister here um, at West Irwin Church of Christ, Donnie Cook, uh, as um, uh, she gave that to me and, and gave others their uh, key verses that we discussed as a staff uh, several months ago. Um, and mine is taken out of Colossians, and it's from Colossians chapter 1, uh, verses 28 and 29. And, and the older NIV version, I think from 2011 or so, um, this version, um, this statement has become my personal mission statement. We proclaim him 
admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. This great book of Colossians is going to be the focus of our study in the weeks ahead, and I hope that you'll join as many of them as you can. Uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. on my Facebook page live, but then also following that. Uh, you can see it posted on my page or you can see it on our West Irwin Church of Christ Facebook page or on our website uh, at our live streaming page under video archives. And I hope and pray that you will continue to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world and that people will be able to see in you all the wonderful things that God has called us to be and to do. One of the great theme verses of Colossians, and we'll end with this verse, Colossians 3, verse 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen.